Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Mrs. America, the After Show, episode four, Betty. We are here live, very excited to talk about it. I'm your moderator and a fan of strong women, Sean McHugh. Very excited to get into this. I got a crack commando unit helping me out today. First, we have a woman who always brings insight, Miss Ashman Ram. Hello, Ashman. How are you today? Hi, good. I'm so excited about this episode, you guys. Nice. Also, a sister to the sisters, Mr. Cody Epperson. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks, guys. I'm excited to get into this. And of course, last but not least, she is an active registered voter, Mr. Diamond Banker. <laughs> yes. Hello. Hi. Hey, everyone. Uh, awesome. So we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we're going to have three topics. Betty's background. We have tokenism and the formation of the NBFO. And finally, the big debate. Let's get right into it. Yes. Uh, all right. So. So we get a flashback to Betty, right? And and her heyday. I mean, the episode is called Betty, and we get to see we get to see her uh, in her heyday with the, the the feminine mystique, right? Because we, you know, I would say in the in this first couple episodes, we kind of made her a little bit of a uh, almost a fuddy duddy, right? And then now we get to see that. Remember, she's the mother of feminism, right? So, uh, Ashvin, what what you think about that that whole this whole background of Betty. I mean, she is a strong, strong woman. And in my opinion, she's a true leader. Like she goes with her instinct and she, um, she, she can stand up alone if she needs to. And I really respect that about her. So when people say that she is the mother of feminism and she's paved the way. I mean, I have to completely agree with that because we see in the beginning of the episode when they're like, don't give Phyllis any time or day. Like she's just looking for a media time, but she's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. But she still went with what felt right to her. And, um, and she stood up and she, and she took that whether she had an army behind her or not. So I think she's incredible. Nice. Uh, Cody, how did you feel about uh, this, this little background that we got with, with Betty? Um, I really liked it and very, very much as Ashman said, it was, she, I like seeing how she is such a strong woman and she is like the mother of feminism. And it was so great seeing, also seeing her struggle. It's like, she is strong, but that strength comes from somewhere. And, um, and I kind of, and I actually, and it was nice to see what I really liked was when, um, cause the, the rest of the gals were not like for her going to see Phyllis, but she went anyway. And I liked that when, um, Gloria goes to her apartment to see her and she finds the neighbor and they're like, she's like, oh, well, you should really thank her before you tell her what to do. I was yeah, like, really. you know what, that is, that was so, I was like, heck yeah, because I, I kind of, I, they kind of write it. So it's like, I thought, oh, she's right. We shouldn't give Phil's time of day. She's, don't give her the attention. 
but then when it was put in that light it turned my opinion i was like you know what like this is so true i'm glad uh i'm glad betty did what she did it was cool yeah i mean i'm I was going to say, uh, just going off of that, Cody, you're, you're absolutely right. Like that, that moment in the hallway is, is so great that when that, when uh, Betty's friend essentially tells her like, Hey, you know, you need to like, remember where you, why you're able to do this. Um, so I, I really like that at time and you were going to say something, go ahead. Yeah. So it was that moment in the hallway that also helped me switch my view of Betty as well, because she did come off and as someone who was almost a little grumpy or like pessimistic, but that's because she had to fight so hard to get there. And that conversation in the hallway was a pivotal moment for myself. And I think all the other viewers out there to better understand Betty. And, and I just loved, I love her so much because she is someone who has had to fight and she is someone that, had to pave the way and she's someone that did it alone and so when she had to go and like um go against their pact she didn't have to but she felt like she needed to go against their pack and actually go against uh phyllis i think it was a good idea because you don't want somebody like phyllis if you're these feminists you don't want somebody like phyllis sneaking up on you out of nowhere and and so you want to kind of get a grip on it or understand that or have a conversation about it because you don't want it to get out of hand. And I think she had that strong desire to do that. So I, I loved it. I love that we had a better understanding of Phil, uh, Betty and um, I loved that debate. So, uh, yeah, and we're, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, the, I, I, what I love too, is that they, they allow for some humanity too with this with, you know, with these characters. Um, and we get to see a sassy side of Betty that we hadn't seen yet. When she's doing that interview and she talks about the 10 orgasms to get this guy to stop talking, I just almost fell off my chair. Uh, Cody, what did you think about that? It was great. I, um, at first, I, I, it was just so great. Like, I, I loved it because even, like, I watched it before she said why she, why she was saying orgasm. It, I was like, oh, he keeps cutting her off. And it was like, <laughs> just getting every time he just would do it, it would get under my skin. And then finally she was like, you need to stop talking. And it's like, you know what I, and I loved it. It just, it, and it you're right. It really point shows how she does have, a, she's got a fire in her and I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> a diamond. What about you? Okay. So, you know, you know how you feel triggered by somebody. And that is usually because you see pieces of them like pieces of yourself in them that you don't like. Mm. So like I was feeling that with Betty. I'm like, God, she's such a pessimist. Like, you know, I was feeling that. And then, you know, when I was like, when in that hallway conversation, I was able to like, yeah, she has had to fight. And I'm like, now I know why I'm really, like I was so feeling this way or like tangled within myself because I could relate. I can relate to her like, in a moment's notice, she needs to fucking do what she needs to do. Like she, she's not going to let anyone stop her doing that. And like, it has gotten me into trouble. And so because of that trouble, I've had to like, I've hated myself for some things so I can relate. And I just love that the, her snap at a moment's notice. And like, it has been for equality and has been for greater things than like back backyard stuff of things that I get mad at. You know what I mean? So I, I, in that I get to see in her passion, I see myself in her passion. I see what, wh- like a better side of myself. And so like in a selfish like moment, I really like her because it helps me like myself more. 
So okay, okay, yeah. Okay, Ashvin, what you what were your thoughts on that that fun I moment? Mean, you know, I just I think she puts people in her place, and she picked up on it. She's like, this guy's not listening to what I'm saying. He's just doing his TV show, and she's like. If I'm going to be here, I'm going to have my moment and I'm going to speak on it. And she kind of looks at him a couple of times and he wasn't responding to her body language. And then she just gives it to him and kind of <laughs> humiliates him on his show and everybody starts laughing. But, you know, I think she's, I mean, I agree. She's definitely aggressive and she kind of has that pit bull type of personality. But what I respect is she goes the long way. Like if she if she's gonna go there, she finishes off as well. And mm. you know, and she did. She just starts making fun of him. He tries to keep cutting her off, and she's like, orgasm, 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 and it just turns into a joke. But it did shut him up essentially, and um, she was able to continue speaking. So right, and she on wasn't an, she wasn't an angry person when she did that. She made no. a joke right. out of it. You yeah. know, right. and that is such a beautiful oh, yeah. thing to have. You know. Yeah, totally. no, I, I really like I like seeing that side of her, you know, before before she became kind of the old lady in the group, you know, like that fire, that passion. Um, and then we also get to see that, you know, she is the mother of feminism, but she's also an actual mother. Right. So we get to we introduce to her relationship with her daughter. And of course, mother. I'm sorry, a single mother. Yeah, well, a single mother. Right. She's recently divorced. The husband's remarried. You know, so she's dealing with all that. Um, so I, I, there's that, there's two great moments. It's when she really puts her foot down, and then when she gets to kind of let it up. So I just wanted to talk about that a little bit because again, it's another side of Betty that we haven't seen yet. Um, Diamond, let's start with you. Yeah, like so. Just to, to segue into that, the beautiful part she was holding up that dress was, and then she had that memory of her being in the, in the. Um, on the interview on the show because she was going to wear it on a date and that date gets brought up when she drops off her daughter to the stepmother's house right and she was angry that her the new wife of the husband or whatever would give her daughter such a promiscuous looking shirt or whatever but then the woman was able to like totally break down her defenses by being really sweet and appreciative of her and it goes to show the struggle of a single mother and what single mothers have to put up with and i thought that was a beautiful piece to kind of just break down the walls of betty and know that she too needs a little bit of softness and kindness and love and and i thought that and i thought that was great nice cody what about you yeah, Diamond, you hit it nail on the head, like, because, I mean, this show is about women, and that's definitely, like, a small chapter in the life of many women, and, um, and you know, the, the new wife, the stepmother could, she could be a horrible B-word, and, like, she could not, she give two, she give two shits about what, about what Betty thinks and says for her daughter, but she's appreciative and respectful, and, um, it, it really was a sweet moment, because it could have, they could have decided to make it, like, nasty and dramatic, but it was, it was a very diffuse situation and it was nice to see, especially because there's a lot of undiffused situations that we're now seeing too. So that was pleasant. I enjoyed it. Ashvin, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think it was a great example. Like a lot of things that we learn are learned by behavior and example. So I think mm. for the fact that Betty had her daughter with her, um, you know, I'm sure the daughter is aware, like my, my mom is a force. So even when they were approaching the stepmom's house, 
the daughter makes that <laughs> comment and she's like, mom, please don't make a scene. Right. And I think Betty just handled herself so well because, you know, she, she could have went zero to a hundred and been like, you know, why did you give my daughter this blouse? Like these aren't things she wears. Like she, she could have reacted in so many different ways. And for the fact that she was just graceful and I just thought it was so sweet how her mo- her daughter at the end turned around and mm. ran up to her mom and still gave her that big hug and was like, I love you. Like you are, you are always my number one. Like you, you never have to worry about being displaced. And I think it just yeah. goes to show if, if we react with love and grace, chances are we'll get back love and grace. And if we, you know, react host- in a hostile way, mm. you just don't know what you're going to get. So it was a great moment. Well, that's a great point. Yeah, no, I and that's what I think what you were talking about earlier, Cody, is that was a very emotional moment for me as well. Um, so yeah, that's great. All right. So, uh, oh. oh, okay. I was going to move on, but did you leave? Go ahead. I'll, I'll do like an ender on that. I think, <laughs> I think everything, everything that we get to see outside of their political views and their political advocacies, we see the underlying, um, like, uh, like not hypocr- hypocrisies, but like the un- the things underneath that they are dealing with that are different than the things they're advocating for. And we saw that with Betty, that she didn't just go to that woman and say, how dare you give my daughter this slutty looking shirt? She came into it like a real human would, like just kind of like in a subtle way. And then her walls were dropped by this housewife looking woman. You know what I mean? And so it was great to see Betty's behind her advocacy wall you know, so, and it seems like we're getting a lot of that with each character. Awesome. All right. So topic number two is tokenism and the formation of the NBFO, the National Black Female uh, Ally- or organization. Well, organization. Thank you. Wow. So we have uh, Margaret Sloan is a character. So she brings up this whole idea of tokenism, right? When they're in the, the Mrs. office, Mrs. Mag- the Ms. Magazine office. And it's very interesting because, you know, she's surrounded by a bunch of white women that are kind of looking at her like, what are you what are you talking about? And of course, she explains, you know, the whole tokenism of, uh, you know, one minority is propped up to cover the experience of an entire population. And then when they further say, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, we're diverse within ourselves. This is not a monolithic black experience. Right. So that that was a huge like kind of mic drop for me. Cody, what did you what did what did you feel about that? Um, I feel I I mean I I can't put myself in her <laughs> shoes. I know, right? Um, but I feel like I just felt her discomfort. Like we could see it. It was just like she was trying. Like it was a very. I mean, it was an issue that she wanted to put in to the light, and it was just so. I just it made me uncomfortable to see all the other all the other women kind of like dismiss it address it and yet also dismiss it at the same time yeah yeah it was just like and then um gloria she was like oh like if you like she i guess in some in a way she kind of in um started tried to have a conversation about it but then even then it still just kind of fizzled out like nothing really came of it and then we see later on like towards the end of the episode we see that they kind of have a similar interaction where uh, she came in and she prints out those posters and Gloria sees them. And she's like, oh, well, you can have your meetings here. And she was like, we'll figure it out. And there's like this silent moment of like, I, I get what's happening here. And it's, um, that's something that kind of, that's kind of what the emotional aspect of this whole episode, not to go off on a little tangent, but 
it was just like this whole episode I felt like because I want everybody to I want the women to all win and I want this equal rights and everything but it's like there are these barriers between all the groups and it's so unfortunate it's between gender and sexuality and race and color and it makes and that's like the end of the episode I was like a little I just felt really sad because these are so uh, it's all just still so prevalent so it's um well it's interesting Go Please, ahead. No, I'm sorry. No. Oh, I was no, saying, was it, well, it's just, it was just, it's, it, it's interesting how in the previous episodes, we kind of saw that happening with the other ladies, with the housewives, right? How they were kind of yes. uh, falling out Absolutely. of sorts. Like, whoa, whoa, what's you, we're all, not all on the same page. And then obviously we see it here and that everyone's experience is different. Right. right. So, so Ash, oh, okay. I was going to go, go ahead, Diamond. You, you want to talk. <laughs> go ahead, girl. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, go Ashman. I, I can, if I remember that I'll say it, go ahead. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, what, what's interesting about this topic is, and um, actually a lot of our viewers commented on this as well on our first video that we did, and they wanted us to talk more about the racial separation that there is between the w- women. And we kind of see that play out in this episode, right? We have the white feminists and we have the black feminists. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to see that for me as well, because it's so real, right? It's like, even though there's this fight for the same cause but there's this difference in that whole in in the whole race spectrum of it and you know and and it's interesting because it's like you know it's about the hierarchy that's being addressed and you know as much as Gloria's like please don't feel like that here but clearly the other woman is feeling like that there we also see it with Phyllis in the earlier episode when um you know, she's, she's being accused as being racist. And she's like, please make no mistake. I'm not racist. And then she goes into her kitchen and her housekeeper is there. And as much as Phyllis is trying to downplay it and she's like, Oh, I can wait. But the housekeeper automatically is like, Oh no, please go ahead. So, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's the history around it, right? It's like, there's a reason why minorities and people of color are feeling this hierarchy and it's unfortunate and it's real and obviously it was a lot more back then, but it's still an issue we're still facing with today. So, so it's a sensitive one for sure. A diamond. I agree. Like, I think we are so each community as a society, we're stuck on having one voice Mm -hmm. and people want to get behind this one voice. And unfortunately each and every single person behind that one voice has their own voice. And you start to see that when their one voice is not portraying what they need. And so you see a lot of issues with, with races and all this stuff. And when they were talking about, let's not fight women against women when when they were at that picnic and they're like, we're not going to bring attention because we don't need to have that. We don't, they're just trying to make girls fight against girls kind of thing. But in all honesty, if we could just get rid of the girls, if we could get rid of the gender, if we could, or the, the race, if we could get rid of all this stuff because, and, and just fight as your single voice and ta- and say what you need to say and believe in what you want to believe in and live in that instead of being behind somebody who is going to be the voice or behind people in general. Like we're going to have a better understanding that there needs to be a well-rounded awareness that we all have something to say and we all don't think alike and that's okay. And how do we work with that? You know what I mean? 
Yeah, well, no, absolutely. That that's the paradox, I think, of a movement, right? Because we all want something to happen, but yet we all have our own version of that too. And end of day, somebody has to be in charge. Somebody has to be leading this. But you know, it doesn't always mean you agree with what they're doing. And I think it's very we we very interesting. We see this. We go to Sundays at Flows, right? So now it's just it's this is the black uh, all the women, right? And even in there, you see that they're not all on the same page. Yeah, yeah. You know, it seems like the one thing everybody can almost agree about is homosexuality. Interestingly enough, like that's the thing that everybody says, yeah, well, anything but that, you know. Uh, so that was very interesting to me that there was a group from, there's somebody from each sect that's like homosexuality, not good. Right. Anything else is fine, but not that. So it's interesting that there's a line. Now, obviously this is a time period, but this is the seventies. This isn't like the fifties. But we're still um, doing it. I mean, what do well, we, how else can, what can we, who can we blame? That's what we're looking for. Whose fault mm. is it? Yeah. You know, and I think that's a little bit about what Phyllis is talking about is like, she says in, in her, in, you know, in the debate, which we'll talk about later, like life is what you make it. And so, and, and, and that's, I think the point she's trying to get across, like you have to do and be everything that you can be so that you can be heard. And so that to make sure that you're seen or that your rights are preserved or that, you know, and yeah, I don't know. Lost my thought. No worries. Cody. So <laughs> that, that, uh, that, that scene, it flows, uh, it's done so well by, by Nisi Nash. She's so good. Um, and then she kind of brings everybody like together and kind of breaks it down. Right. So what, what did you think about that whole scene with her? Um, it kind of goes in, it goes into what I was saying before. And I, and she, she was the one who was kind of like, yo, we all need to be on the same page, but it was like, they go in the kitchen and they're talking about like, they don't want the white feminists in there. And they also don't want lesbians in there. And it was just, and then she was like, no, like, uh, this is for all ladies. Like we're all trying to do this together. And it was just, I mean, I, I think it was powerful. She was like, you know what we, if you, you everyone's talking about, doing something we need to do something we need to form something and she's like just do it and it's like that was so powerful but for me it was more just like that lingering of like the, i mean it's really what we were just talking about is that there is this conflict within within everybody's groups and um but i do love how she she stood up for everyone and it was great and then she was like what do you tell and what and, and the little girl was like she was like what do you tell what do you tell your friends when they say why is your mama gay and like why is your mama straight? And I was like, yes, yes, I love her. Uh, that was great. Uh, so Ashford, they, she says, uh, I wrote this down because I wanted to get, I know the difference between a shoe and a lawnmower, both useful as long as you don't confuse them. <laughs> right? Like, so I, it was just a great, just a little metaphor for me. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting the different things that we, philosophies that we go by, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't know how to exactly interpret that one if I'm being completely <laughs> honest, right? <laughs> I mean, but, but I think that um, at least when we've seen at the get-together, like, you know, they're raising a generation of powerful women as well. Like just on that comeback, when it just Cody said, when she's like, well, why is your mom gay? Well, why is your mom straight? it's like building a backbone to be able to stand up for yourself. Um, mm. But at the same time, even in those get togethers, I think the missing piece always is, is that there's some level of shade thrown at somebody. It's almost like there always has to be a bad guy, right? Like mm. even for Gloria offering the office space, 
they were kind of like, oh, don't worry. Like we, we can figure something out regardless of even how that's interpreted. Like maybe she's thinking, oh, does Gloria think we don't have a space to go to? Like, and I think that's what's always lost in communication and translation between people. Um, and then that comment is also made, like they have some type of nice common uh, carpet in their office. And then at the get together, they're like, oh, I wish I had those type of problems. So it's like, you know, if you're going to keep throwing shade at one another, how is anything going to be done? Like there's, there's more movement that can happen through, through quantity. Right. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's that conundrum of, again, that these organized movements, uh, it's all good as long as you agree with who's in charge. Right. <laughs> um, all right. That's so where Betty uh, is awesome. Uh, sorry. I just want to say, and that's yeah, where Betty ahead. is awesome. Cause she's not afraid to stand alone. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it, even if she's, if she feels something is right, she will do what, what, you know, she feels is right. And I think it, that that's a trait of a strong leader. I mean, obviously you have to listen to, to a degree, you don't know it all, but just that ability to, to step up says a lot. All right. So we're going to move on to the, our final topic, the big debate. Okay. So Betty, you know, uh, even though the rest of the squad says don't engage with Phyllis, she's like, I don't care. Like you said, Ashvin, I'm a strong woman. I'm the mother of this thing. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to engage and we're going to have a debate. So she sets, the whole thing gets sets up. Uh, there's a great scene between Phyllis and her husband, which is John Slattery. He's just does he's such a great job with this role. Um, but they're going to practice the debate, right? You know, because Phyllis is very proud. And ironically, Phyllis is cocky which is ironic to me, you know, like she's cocky, uh, you know, as being a, a, a leader of the women's movement for you to be described as cocky, I think would be an insult, but I really feel like she embraces, like, like she thinks she can't do any wrong. Uh, so of course, you know, her husband having a little more experience than she has takes her down a peg. Right. And he gets her to realize that you don't know it all just because you got some notes, you got some points this is a debate and you got to get in there. Um, so what did you, what were your feelings about that, that, that whole scene there, Cody? Um, with the actual debate, it was, it was heated. And um, I can see where I, I mean, at one point, Phil, cause um, Betty kept interrupting and Phyllis was like, and at first the moderator was like, Hey, like it's her turn to speak. But then it got to a point where she, where Phyllis was like, are you, I thought this was a thing. And the moderator's like, like what are you going to do? And um, I loved it, but it, what killed me, I mean, I think it, we're, we're all probably on the same page here, was like how Phyllis's husband kind of got her with the emotion. Phyllis went and used that same meta, same tactic on Betty and it, and it, it, she nailed it, unfortunately. But, um, but however, I do think that um, Betty killed, like the crowd was on her side, like she knew her audience, but unfortunately Phyllis got the best of her and then it was just, it was a very intense scene it was fun to watch for sure ashton what were your what were your thoughts first give me some thoughts first on the the husband and phyllis and her husband scene and then let's get to the debate definitely definitely so taking it back to that moment between phyllis and fred um it was i just thought it was such a great scene because for me i really got to learn about phyllis's fear mm. right like the husband pointed her truth out to her. Like it started off as in like, okay, this is the way it's done. This is how you debate. But he called out the truth on her history, which was her mom being a single mom. She was, he, he was like, 
when your father left your mother, did the government or state come in to help? No, she was stuck doing two jobs. And I just thought that was the nugget piece to Phyllis. I think that she is so afraid of this movement because she doesn't want to end up being a single mother working. She doesn't she like like she doesn't want to experience what her mom went through. And I think for the fact her husband was really raw about bringing that truth to her, it hit such a deep emotion. She had such a reaction, but for me it really helped me understand her character more. I'm like why is she so against this? Like what's her motive, right? And I think for many times, you know, some of the people that appear to be the strongest or passionate about something, they're really fearful inside. It's like, what is that fear that's being driven? And for me, I feel like that fear was exposed about Phyllis uh, in that moment. And I also just want to comment on, again, the whole raising daughter part. Um, look at when her daughter didn't want to go into the pool. She went and dragged her daughter and literally threw her in the pool because of whatever her thought process around fear is. It's like, no, you go for it. This is what you do. So, you know, I, I think for me, I'm like, she, she's actually a lot more vulnerable than she puts on to be. And I think this armor we're seeing is really, is really fear driven. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that moment when she grabs her, uh, when she grabs the daughter and yanks her, I was like, wow, she does not want anybody to be afraid in her house, right? Like yes. no fear in this, you know, taking it back to 92, you know, no fear. <laughs> like, right, this is right. like, this is, it was pretty intense. So I, 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 I agree with you. I think that the way they, they showed her fear and how it drove her and how it, I mean, how it scared her was was really a good a good character development choice um so the big debate right so you know betty is killing it right she's got the crowd behind <laughs> her like this thing is going on and then then she, like like you said cody she uh phyllis turns the screw and gets personal and gets her emotional and drops the mic and makes betty lose her mind really um, that was to me, that was, it was again, such a great, we had a foreshadowing of it and then it gets, it gets dropped on us. And, you know, it was that interesting time because if you notice, uh, Phyllis looks at her husband and he kind of, and he gives her that nod, like, you're right, here you go. And the crowd just stops, right? Instantly, like the crowd stops and, you know, Betty looks like the bad guy at the end. Yeah. Cody, what were you, you know, what, how did you feel after that was all over? Um, it kind of, I, I, it just kind of, for lack of a better term, it just blew. Like, cause well, I wanted Betty to kind of shut Phyllis out or shut her down and Phyllis got the best of her and, um, and it, and like really got the best of her and it almost seemed like Betty was like going to like take a step back and like and kind of regroup and like stay strong. But then she she really did just lose it, and um, and it, it was tough to watch because we really we we've seen through the first first forty five minutes of the episode that Betty is this strong woman who can hold her own, and then Phyllis took her out in like two seconds, and it was just it's like hard to watch your it's hard to watch your heroes fall, you know, <laughs> like right, right. 
Uh, just a quick note, guys. Unfortunately, a diamond is having technical difficulties. Obviously, you saw she's not here. She will not be coming back, but she'll be back next week. Don't worry. Uh, we know she's always got plenty to, to, to help us talk about here. Uh, so don't worry about it. She'll be back next week. Uh, just some final kind of thoughts. Um, so Betty gets defeated, right? And like you said, Cody, it's almost like, is she going to take a step back? Is she kind of, is she maybe realizing it's time to pass the torch? And then she gets that amazing olive branch. Uh, Ashvin, talk about this, this moment between Gloria and Betty. Yeah, I think she really needed it. I think she really needed it because, you know, um, Phyllis had such a low blow to her, right? And yes, it was the emotion tactic and it worked. And I think Phyllis is like, it worked on me. I'm sure it'll work on someone else. And it did. And I think, you know, she was really distraught about it because it's, it's so difficult to hear that stuff about yourself, right? Whether it's true or not, but just somebody saying that's the perception that they have. And I think Gloria was awesome. Like she reached out and was like, hey, I would have said a lot more worse things. So, so don't even worry about you know, yeah. losing your mind at the end because I, I may have struck her. So, I mean, I think, I think that is the moment with girl power, right? It's like at the end of the day, don't judge each other, support each other and be there for one another when, when, when you need it. So I thought, I thought it really helped uh, Gloria. Cody. And if I mean, sorry, Betty. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Ashman. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that even with Betty, when Gloria first reached out, she thought it was her neighbor and she was actually more vulnerable. And when she heard Gloria's voice, she instantly armored up. Mm, so I yeah. thought it was interesting how we see the armor come back down. And so it just shows how quickly she even goes into defense mode and how much she needed really kind of Gloria's Gloria reaching out and just just being on the same page as her. Yeah. Cody, any final thoughts on that? Um, I completely agree. And I think I think Gloria having this new, not necessarily new, but like this refurbished understanding of Betty and like her background and her story, I think. And I also think that Betty is because Betty throughout the, uh, the first two episodes was very much like, she's like, I want to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to be the, the front. I'm on the front lines. And the, everybody wants Gloria to do it. And Gloria is very passive. And I, well, not, she's not passive. She passes up. She's like, I don't want to be the, the, the poster child for this movement. I just want to be a part of it. And I think there's a bit of jealousy from Betty towards Gloria. And I think Gloria reaching out to Betty after what had happened really was what, Betty needed to hear and she needed that support from her. I think it was a, a big, a big step for her. Great. A uh, diamond. Welcome back. We thought we lost yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, so sorry. No worries. Uh, so we're just, we're just getting final thoughts on the beautiful moment uh, at the end of the episode between Gloria and Betty, which is, which is beautifully highlighted as well with that song, what the world needs now is love, sweet love, which I think uh, a diamond you talked about earlier is like, we got to work together. We need love. There's, there's too much stuff going on. So just give us your, give us your final thoughts on that. Um, I loved it. And I think it's a great balance between the juxtaposition of these two very competing ideas. Um, and in the middle, that's all we need. We just need love. We just need understanding. We just need need awareness. And uh, so I think it was perfect. And I agree. Awesome. Uh, okay. So predictions for for the next episode. 
let's see. Let's go to Ashwin first. Uh, yeah, I think um, I think we're going to see a lot more collaboration now with uh, Betty and Gloria and, and that whole team coming together and hopefully, you know, extending out more to uh, the black feminists as well. Hopefully we start seeing people, all the women come together and create bigger movements. I mean, this one extension of the olive, olive branch works so well and hopefully hopefully we can continue that. Nice. Cody. Um, I don't know if necessarily in the next episode, but at some point, like kind of what I said, like we're seeing these, these like smaller divides within the groups. I think those are going to get broken down and even across groups, we're going to start seeing some understanding of each other. Like I've already, I feel like we're already starting to see Phyllis, like getting these little, um, seedlings of like, is this really what I think? And vice versa. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> Hopefully. And finally, uh, Diamond. Uh, you know, I you guys nailed it. I I think that's that's. I think we're just going to get to learn these characters a bit more, so we get the full scope of how we are as a society today, and 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 why we are. So I, it's just going to be. I hope I hope to hear more about Margaret. I miss that probably more section of what I like to see. I want to hear more about the, hear more about Margaret's life and and all that. So I, my prediction is maybe we see Margaret next. Uh, awesome. I'm so sorry. Can I just say, yeah, I go have ahead. one thing, yes. one really specific thing. I don't remember who said it last week, but someone, one of y'all said that Phyllis, they, we think Phyllis's son is gay. <laughs> and yes, we, I, yes. And yeah. at that wedding, I didn't I say think it. I that think Phyllis is, I oh, think yeah. Phyllis, he was playing the organ and I think Phyllis's son and that groom have a little side thing going on <laughs> and yeah. we're going to see what's going on with there. And then yes. even, um, oh my gosh, the other, the, Oh my gosh, her name is escaping me. The actress. Um, oh my gosh, I'm she was well, at the wedding. Well, the mother. She um she saw somebody come into the church and she was really pissed about it. So I'm wondering. What oh that was yeah, true. yeah, yeah. So you stole my thunder, Cody. My prediction. I'm it was sorry. Gonna be, I'm sorry. It was going to be the whole thing of the son. Her son is obviously gay, and we're going to get more of that. Uh, but anyway, we're going to wrap <laughs> it up, guys. It was a great episode. Remember to like and subscribe interact with us. We love when you interact. We love all the stuff, the comments. Uh, let's quickly go around. Ashvin, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at insights by ish. Awesome. Cody. Uh, Instagram at Cody F and Twitter at Cody underscore F. A diamond. And, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at not your type N O T underscore Y U R underscore T Y P E. And you can find me at SeanStar75 on the gram and Gorilla Suit Sean on Twitter. Also with a diamond on the run after show. Check that out. Thank you guys so much. It's been an awesome episode. And we'll <laughs> see you next time. Bye. 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 Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.